Hey guys, Dylan from Art of the Float here to talk to you about our upcoming roundtable discussion on March 1st. I really want to see you there. It's going to be an exciting community event where we're going to be talking about defining your brand. We're getting good at water maintenance, we're getting good at soundproofing, but we're not great at filling up our float tanks with customers. Our industry's marketing game needs to improve, so we here at Art of the Float are hosting community roundtable discussions online to improve our marketing game. I think the most important thing about branding is the fact that it's the base for all of your marketing. Join Amy, Lance, myself, and the rest of the Float community as we get together and deep dive into what a brand is, how it benefits your business, and how it brings customers through your door. Defining your brand is our first roundtable experience of 2017 and will set you up for future marketing roundtables throughout this year. There's no need to waste your valuable time and money. This is a small investment that will potentially save you thousands of dollars and certainly hundreds of hours over the lifetime of your business. Go to artofthefloat.com forward slash roundtable and see our full list of roundtable discussions happening in 2017. Sign up now. And we'll see you on March 1st. Enjoy the show. You're listening to Art of the Float. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of starting and running our own float centers while we provide insights and tips along the way. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float. And of course, you can join the conversation by leaving a speak pipe on artofthefloat.com. That's also where you can find show notes, links, and pictures of anything we describe on for every episode. I'm Dylan Com. I own the Float Shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Com. I'm joined with Amy of Float Nashville, Lance of the Float Shack in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. And I'm excited tonight we're going to have Zach King on the show uh, who owns California Float Concepts. And we'll get to that in a little bit and learn a bunch about uh, float tanks, the process, how they're made, all that good stuff. And um, yeah, before we get started, just want to give a shout out to Float Away, of course, our sponsor since the beginning. Uh, not only is it a super convenient float tank, buttons to open and close the lid, but you can get all these accessories for them as well. We recently got a new Tranquility that has starlights in there, which is super comforting for anybody who's um, nervous, maybe trepidatious about getting into a float tank, um, just because uh, you can turn out the lights completely and still be comforted by the starlights. But they also have additions for sanitation like UV. You can have color therapy lights in there as well. So a lot of different options. If you're interested, go to www.floataway.com. And of course, tell them Art of the Float sent you. Whew. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Ants? Lance, Amy? Ants? Ants. <laughs> Ants. I'm, I'm doing We're in a good. rush here. I, I only got time for one name. <laughs> Ants it is. You're right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, How are that's, you doing? Ants is a lot better than Lamey. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. Wah, wah, Rough week for Lamy. Ants, on the other hand. <laughs> I don't know how to recover from that one. Lance, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I have a long day today. It's quite cold this morning. We hit minus 40 with the windshield. And uh, I had some issues with my vehicle the other day, so I had to take the bus. So oh, wow. It was, uh, it was pretty cold standing outside and, and having to do all the walking, but... Uh, Lance, you were a mechanic in a former life, right? Yes, but I also had uh, more time in a former <laughs> life. It's, it seems <laughs> to be enough. the time thing. <laughs> so uh, I spent a lot of time in my business because, uh, unfortunately, when I'm done, um, the buses are no longer operating in my city. Oh, so sometimes I have to go into the back 40 of the float shack and uh, pitch a sleeping bag. But uh, I'm you here. Don't just, you warm, don't just sleep in a tank? Recording. 
Uh, no, that's not always efficient. Tell me about it. For those of you that, uh, I actually came up in Float Collective about doing uh, long floats like that, and mm-hmm. sometimes it can be uh, it can be a lot of work uh, yes. mentally and sometimes physically, um, especially trying to replace sleep with floating. But uh, there are some people that do it. Yeah. So. Yeah, we have employees who do that, and I, I, yeah, like you said, it's more work to me than it is relaxation. <laughs> I am sure I could get used to it, but oof, when I need to sleep, I, I don't do it overnight. Anything else going on with you, Lance? Uh, well, at Float Shack, we are running our, it's the first year doing it. It's, we're calling it our Float and Flowers, where um, we have a local florist um, in Red Deer. We're actually barter with floats um, for arrangement every week. So every week we get this beautiful arrangement um, brought to our float center, lines up the space a bit. And this year for Valentine's Day, Valentine's Week, I guess I should say, um, we are doing this float and flowers campaign where basically uh, there you get two floats, um, you get an arrangement of flowers, it's about a $60 arrangement, um, oh. we have chocolates, and after your float, uh, we have a private area set aside for those where we have some chocolates, a customized card, and some wine, snacks, Jeez. other refreshments like that, Damn. so it's... Uh, <laughs> We sort of do all the work of Valentine's Day for, um, for those who do not want to do the work. And uh, yeah, we're doing it all week long. So Tuesday to Sunday, we have all of our evening floats reserved specifically for float and flowers. Mm. And uh, with this, there's no sale. Everything's basically regular price. You pay for the flowers, you pay for the floats. It's all in one package, but... We're not cutting our price or devaluing our service. We're, um, you're getting a bundle of our time that you know we put together to make a special evening for you. So um, just saying, you don't always have to go for the sale approach or the discount approach when doing things like this because um, if people value your service, they will uh, pay, especially when you know they want to be right. coming for evenings out or getting gift cards and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Nice. So. Nice. I think that's a great thing to bring up, especially around Valentine's Day when we do, a lot of people do feel the pressure to create discounts. And Lance, I'm glad you brought that up. When we started, we had an extra space um, for our location. In the first year, we did a cheese plate. We served champagne and we upped the price by $20. Mm. Uh, we didn't discount. We actually uh, made a nice little amount of money and every single float was booked off. Um, booked out uh, probably a week or two in advance, and everybody was happy. Everybody wins. Cool. Like Lance said, you know, you're doing a little bit of their work for them and right. making a beautiful experience. And what better way than to uh, include floating? That's great. I think it's fantastic. Nice work, Lance. Nice. And yeah, if you think about how much you're paying on Valentine's to go out with uh, with dinner and alcohol involved and everything, like this is this is not an expensive evening, not an expensive date. So yeah, no need to discount. Yeah, our package we're charging $190 for it, and that's two floats, the flowers, the mm-hmm. card. Um, we send them an email; they send it back with what they want written on the card, nice. a bunch of different other things. So it's yeah, it's you know, it's a decent price for for an evening that sounds so much fun you can like so much fun awesome awesome emmy what uh, valentine's day packages do you have going on so, actually <laughs> we are not doing anything this year um yeah i uh with three tanks we have found that it gets a little gets mm. a little crazy mm-hmm. um 
so we don't really push too hard. I mean, all everything's already booked. And uh, it's funny if you look at our if you look at our schedule, um, all the two tanks are booked, and then there's like one lone right. float tank that right. goes down the center. Um, <laughs> but uh, we will have uh, specials, special things going on at the float center. We are next next door to, I should say, in the neighborhood with a place called the Loving Pie Company. They make these amazing pie bites. So we're going to have some special treats and uh, certain things going on. But we are not doing a big promotion. Because, like I said, we're already booked and we've got a right. bunch of things coming up uh, here later in the uh, second quarter. We're just trying to trying to prep. So we got a little bit behind this year. Um, but uh, we don't, like I said, we don't run discounts anyway. And nice. we'll probably throw up a little bit of social media, but um, keeping it low-key. How about yourself, Dylan? Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of discounts and all that stuff, we last week I said that we were going to do an ACLU campaign. And mm-hmm. funny enough, I also that same week made a post in Float Collective about, uh, by the way, if anybody's not a mm-hmm. part of Float Collective, join. There's, if you're in the float industry, there's absolutely no reason not to be part of Float Collective. It's a Facebook group where there's just a constant running dialogue about what's going on in the industry. Um, but uh, I made a post, what, and what I meant to post, so I had a baby in my arm and I was typing, and I meant to say, you know, on your own personal Facebook feed, how much do you shy away from politics um, on your social media? Because, you know, you still, the tendency is you'll still, you'll make friends through your business and and there's just a lot of bleed through. And so I wanted to know what other people, because I, I mean, generally the rule of thumb is you don't, if, if you're, if you have your own business, you don't share your politics on, on even in your own personal page. Um, and uh, that has not been the case for me recently. And I started feeling I just wanted to hear whatever other people had to say about that. What I didn't specify was that, was that it was my own personal page. And so everybody starts saying, absolutely not, nothing political. This is a safe space, yada, 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 which is exactly what I believe as well. That's what I've always said is the flow shop is a place that's safe for everybody to go into to, to do their work. And so to throw in something that could be politicized uh, felt like that could be um, taking away from that. Um, safety for some people, depending on on their leanings. And so uh, it was great because Sandra, a couple days later, sent me an email saying she didn't feel good about doing the ACLU campaign. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, thank, thank you so much for saying that because I'm not feeling good about it either. Um, I think it would have been safe. 78% of the county we're in voted democratically. Like the ACLU, if it was going to lean one way or the other, it would be towards democratic side. So um, I don't think it would be terrible for our business. But at the same time, that's just not what we stand for. You know, it it really should be inclusive for everybody. Uh, Sandra had a much better idea that's funny enough, float.com. did a very similar campaign just that we saw it a couple days after Sandra uh, told me about this idea, which is just awesome because they did it so well. I'll, I'll actually send a, put a Facebook link up to their campaign, which is um, you just get to choose three different fundraisers uh, for where your money goes. So it can go to helping supporting animals, people, or I, I forget what all three of them are, but basically they're all just like, there's no uh, political leanings towards anything, right? It's just things to help people or animals. So, or maybe one was the environment, um, but so so that is something we should do instead of uh, 
you know, we should save that for our personal, you know, ACLU fundraiser type stuff. That should be personal. So uh, we got cold feet, but we feel good about it. Instead, we focused our attention on something we've probably been talking about since we started the show, which is uh, refining everything down to one membership. The the big uh, (laughs) issue has been that... uh, we have massage as well, and we want people to be able to pay one price and, and get something, not just you're in and have everything else be discounted, but when you pay monthly, you actually get something. So uh, I think that's simpler. If you're just floats, you get a float, right? That, that makes sense. And then a discounted float after that. We want people to choose massage as well. So um, the, the big thing has been finding a price point that meets the needs of us financially uh, and of the customer. Um, for feeling like they got a good deal, whether they uh, are paying for a float or they're paying for a uh, massage. So we finally refined that, and now we're going down the rest of all the items, have that refined, and then it's working on the uh, marketing copy and all that stuff. So that's what we decided to put our attention on instead, and I feel good about that. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, we've been doing the same thing with membership. That's That's what our focus has been on, and you probably heard me talk back in November about a membership that um, I was putting together, but we actually, last week, we officially announced our new membership, and it's a little bit different than the one we previously had, which was a normal monthly membership. Um, but yeah, membership's great place to focus. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Nice to have that constant, knowing that you have the certain amount of income coming in every month, especially exactly. with um, April coming up and the the leaner months for a lot of people. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. It, it's nice to know what your your base is monthly for sure. And yeah. there are a lot of ins and outs to memberships too. We should we should talk more about that. I know we've we've covered this in the past, but just like ways to do it that the customer feels good, ways to do it that might feel ickier, and of course, just depending on how you want to run your business and what feels good to you, there are just all sorts of different options along with this. I feel like we could dive into that again as we're all working on our mm-hmm. memberships. Um, anything else from you guys before we before we bring Zach on here? Actually, I just have a really interesting thing that happened today, and it's just kind of a fun thing. It has nothing really to do with uh, with my float business, but we had a client come in, a new client come in today who had just moved to Nashville from Maryland, and we found out that he had a float tank in his house. So he's a very avid floater, and he was telling us about his float tank, and it come, we come to find out it is a very early Samadhi tank. Nice one of the black ones, and um, a real nice piece of history. And, mm. and he went through the story and, and uh, his phone call with Lee and showed us some pictures. And it's really nice to know, um, being part of this industry, we do have a history and we kind of have a cool history. And while we don't talk about it too too often and we don't dwell on the past, it's nice to know where we came from and, and um, nice to see um, how far we've come and where we're going and the nice. good that we're doing for people. I love that. You know, that, that reminds me of some, fun. something going through my head recently is just my appreciation for float facilitators. I know I just plugged it earlier, but just uh, the fact that we just have this crazy community that wants to refine floating, provide so much free information for everybody. Everybody's interested and there are kerfuffles that happen, you know, there sometimes people's feathers get ruffled and that's okay. Like what family doesn't have a fight every once in a while, you know, but we all have this <laughs> overall vision um, and, and we all adhere to that vision, you know, to make sure that we're improving our float centers and doing things right. And I just absolutely love that. So lots of fun, lots of fun. All right here. 
so let's see. I want to give a shout out, of course, to Floathelm as well, our other sponsor who... Floathelm is so crazy because it just does everything you could possibly need for your float center. I Sometimes I don't even know what to cover because it covers your metrics for everything that you need to know inside your float tank. So all your measurements, you can have a lifelong readout. So if uh, your health department ever comes knocking, you can just say, this was my metric on Tuesday of last year. Or you could just give a graph of everything every day since you opened your center. Um, you can book floats in there. You can book massages. You have a, a log book, which is awesome for us because we don't have regular hours. Nobody's, you know, it's very rare. The entire staff is there at once. So you can have these ongoing discussions with your float center. And then you can also have individual projects going. So instead of everything being clogged with uh, just so much information, you can have particular people uh, be part of different groups for projects and they can be working on those without distracting other people. There's just so much that goes into this one piece of software that, and they do it so well. Um, and it's also simple and intuitive. So um, you might be able to tell I'm a fan. So flowhelm.com <laughs> is where you want to go to check them out and uh, sign up to to test it out for yourself. All right, Zach, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. <laughs> nice. Thanks Excellent. for having me. Absolutely, yeah. We, we're excited to have you on. I know you've got a brand new, really cool flow tank that I, I want to talk about, but you you go back to working on a, a different style of float tank. And I'm curious tonight about just talking about the evolution of float tanks overall, what's going into float tanks these days. And tell me about how you started out. I mean, you could even start with how you discovered floating, if you like. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Joe Rogan, um, <laughs> just like everybody else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then from that, you know, we were like, uh, my wife and I, we're yes. like, we should probably give it a try. So um, we started searching around. And come to find out that uh, Samadhi is just 30 minutes away from us here ah, in nice. California. Nice. So, uh, yeah, we took a trip up there. We had a great float up there. Um, great first experience. Um, you know, just came back and just wanted to do it again. So, and at the time, this was four years ago or something. Okay. There wasn't a lot of choices um, right. in our area. Totally. I mean, just like a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but then we, d we did find one in Chico. And it was at like a, a spa. Mm -hmm. And we tried that a couple times, and I floated probably three or four times, and then we went into a bunch of debt, and we opened a float center. Classic, Classic, true. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah, that's actually something else I want to talk to you about is uh, opening a float center. How does that work into the timeline? Um, it was probably four years ago uh, is when we started the process. You know, we uh, just just like everybody else, trying to figure out what kind of tank would work best for us in our area. Mm. Um, floating was new, so I know I, I knew I wanted a room. It's just the easiest to kind of get people in there, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so I started, you know, figuring out what kind of tanks were on the market, how much they were. I saw how much, like, the nice rooms were, and I'm like, well, those are out because I need at least three, you know, so <laughs> I just didn't have the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where we just decided to uh, go down the path and make our own uh, float tank. <laughs> and it was just a snap of your fingers, and you had three custom-made float tanks, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> what, what was that process like for you? It was interesting. Um, <laughs> it was long. It took about an easy year uh, okay. to go from just, just straight concept mm. to a product. Um, lots of back and forth. You know, I knew nothing about fiberglass, so 
Got it. I'm just learning everything I can about it um, with my partner at the time. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, just a lot of back and forth and just getting her done. So I, I would say most people who do a custom float tank use a liner. You, you wanted to do fiberglass right off the bat? Yeah, we did. Um, I had a unique, uh, unique situation. I do um, my other business. I print T-shirts. I'm okay. a screen printer, embroiderer. I've had that for 11 years now. So nice. I have a lot of clients. And one of my clients was a fiberglass uh, shop. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, you know, hey, can you build me a box? <laughs> and I gave him all the specs and everything. So yeah, yeah, I can build you a box. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of how that uh, came about. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. So nice. yeah, the liner wasn't even a choice. I think just because it was so easy, it was right there. Right. You know? No kidding. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. So was this like right out of the gate? Was the idea to make a commercial float tank, or was it just you trying to make float tanks for your center? No, it was. Um, yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to take it to the next level for sure. You're not entrepreneur. There was on the market. Like that's just <laughs> <with> you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the time there was nothing on the market. You know. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. That had a door into a wall, and it was all one piece. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's other options now, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was a cool time. Nice, nice. So, I'm I'm always curious. Um, there there are a lot of people out there who want to save money or are just creative and want to build their own float tanks. In fact, uh, Amy's business partner Mark, I think, just loves building custom float tanks. And <laughs> I, I'm curious, having you had floated but you hadn't run your own center yet, uh, what uh, what was the learning curve? What was the testing process like? And yeah, let's start with that. Um, as far as running the center. <laughs> no, uh, I, we, boy, that's a whole other episode, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, for, for the float tank itself, okay. I mean, so you were doing iterations before having a physical float tank. Um, once you started, once you actually had a fiberglass tub, what did that look like for you in building it out? And what kind of lessons did you learn after you actually had yeah, the so physical model? Yeah, we got three float tanks. It was the first prototypes. And that's what we have to this day. I mean, that was it. Mm. There was no testing. There was nothing. <laughs> it's like, this has to work. Right. right. And that's it. <laughs> um, you know, and I knew if I had, if I had the fiberglass shell, I could always change other stuff mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. it. So sure. it was a pretty safe bet cool. on my part. Um, and then, you know, looking back, it was a good start to where we are now. I learned a lot of things. Um, like building it into the wall wasn't an option that I would do again just because it kind of limits myself. And I like to tinker a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> in these ones, I didn't put a light in there just because I didn't think I needed a light. <laughs> but now I need a light, and it's built into this wall, and i got to tear this wall apart <laughs> to drill a hole. And right. I don't uh, want to go through all that, you know? Got it. Yep. Yeah. So I, I hear you on that one. <laughs> I hear you. Um so if I'm curious, if you were talking to somebody else who just wanted to build their own float tank, would you encourage them to have somebody make a fiberglass tub or would you encourage them to use a liner? Um, if they had the money, mm-hmm. sure. Um, if they had the time to figure out how to fiberglass and stuff, I would go down that route. I think Lance just did that. Um, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the liners, mm-hmm. personally. I would, I'd be in the same boat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, liners, I think the, the biggest reason we see liners in the industry is for the longest time, float tanks were being heated by basically waterbed heaters or electric heating mats. And you need to separate 
your water from your electricity. That's the biggest thing for the liners. Um, I'll tell you right now, I hate liners. They <laughs> suck. They stain. Um, one of the things we're going to have uh, Jason McDonald on the show, a uh, health inspector. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to talk to him about liners because I've pulled apart multiple Oasis float tanks, and sometimes you have condensation or that liner sweats, and you'll have moisture on the other side of the liner. Huh. Um, and when you have moisture sitting for long periods of time, that's unsan- or that's there's no disinfecting. It's not being moving, not being taken care of. Stuff's going to grow in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really concerned, you know, some of these liners that have been in float tanks for X amount of years, 5, 10 years, what's, what may be underneath. Because, like I said, I've pulled apart a couple of these things, and sometimes you get some, some spots that don't look too uh, healthy. <laughs> That's interesting. That's fascinating. <laughs> I didn't realize they <laughs> sweat. Yeah, and I yeah. don't think they're, you know, they're supposed to, but there are certain float tanks where the whole inside is liners, and um, there is a lot of potential for, for moisture to be sitting in places you don't want. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if something does get growing, um, you're worried about respiratory infections, mm-hmm. um, mold. Mm-hmm. That that could be scary stuff to breathe. That's again why why circulation and ventilation is important in your float tank. Excuse me, but um, making sure you don't have a liner that's leaking or sweating or anything like that. But um, I'm I if I never have to see another liner again, I'd be happy. <laughs> but unfortunately, we yeah. still got two float tanks with liners <laughs> and one without. But um, this summer, uh, I definitely want to convert those other two to get rid of that liner. So wow. That's that's a strong statement, and <laughs> that's just my opinion, by the way. No, <laughs> and it's true. And folds in the liner as well harbor bacteria and that sort of thing. It is an issue. Yeah, and um, this this brings me back to I've I've mentioned before we were fortunate enough to send water samples to Alberta Health Services, and way back in our first year we came back with pseudonomus, and we had to get rid of that, and with all. What we had to do is basically rip our top off the float tank, clean inside all of our plumbing with brushes, like clean everything. And what I was thinking this pseudonomus was coming from, it's in all these little crooks and crannies and and places that our um, yes. moisture may sit. And eventually that will moisture may slide down into your float tank and then you have pseudonomus floating on top of the surface of your water. Now, I'm not a biologist. I'm not any sort of scientist. <laughs> so I don't know if this is true. This is just how I see things. But mm-hmm. um, some of these float tanks are designed where there is a lot of crooks and crannies. Mm. And when you put these things together, I would recommend that you seal those up with silicone to prevent right. water from sitting stagnant in there. Um, this is something that, that's bugged me for years. And I look at different manufacturers. I look at different home-built float tanks and... Um, I often spot a lot of these things. You want to make sure you get them sealed up so you don't have water sitting there. So I don't mean for that to be a big-winded statement. I'm going to bring it up with Jason McDonald next week. Um, I even brought it up at the float conference um, mm. uh, as a question for the, the panel because it, I, I really, really think it's something that's overlooked in this industry. That's uh, interesting. I don't mean to 
And, and it, it's, what's interesting is that I think the, the liners are such a great point of entry financially for people. Like, like Zach was saying, like, if you can afford fiberglass, that's great, but not everybody Well, no, can. no, no, no. Like I said, financially really doesn't have anything to do because with Because you it. can seal it Because you have... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Go because ahead. it's... If you were to run, like, my Oasis, it's a fiberglass Oasis, but it right. has a liner because mm-hmm. they heat it with the waterbed heaters. Mm-hmm. If you take those waterbed heaters out, you can put water in there. I don't know how long it's going to last because I'm still testing it, but you can put water in there. And if you were to heat it with an inline heater, you'd be fine. So financially, I don't think there's much difference. I just think it's how these things were manufactured. That's, yeah. that's the path that the manufacturer chose at the time. That's an so. interesting question because my Tranquility is heated with waterbed heaters, and it's right underneath uh, the fiberglass. It presses right up against it. So that's... Uh, I, now I'm curious. Zach, do you have any insight on this? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, the first, the first go-around um, on our tanks, we used what everyone else uses, you know, the mats under mm-hmm. the tank, mm-hmm. and used four of them. Um, they worked fine until they broke. Right. <laughs> so now, you know, again, it's locked into this wall, and I can't, like, move oh, it around right, to right. replace these heat mm-hmm. mats. So now mm-hmm. um, two of our rooms uh, use inline heaters at uh, float therapy and then one i think i still have a couple mats still going but i think it has to do with the weight of the tub Mm. Mm. um but yeah they fried and you know here i am stuck right (laughs) right yeah Yeah. but even in in every float tank with liners or with uh heating mats you're basically pooched when uh yeah that they go um but what about your tranquility when they go is it an easy swap out or do you have to drain the tank yeah, it's it's a drain the tank situation. I always wish float tank manufacturers would make like a, a crank system. So like you put your your uh, heater on a tray, you slide it underneath your float tank, and then you kind of like like you're lifting your car up on a crank. You just crank it up. Against... There is a I believe there is a manufacturer doing that with their tank. Well, good on them. As far as I know, as far as I know, Pro Float. I think that's oh, how that their right? heating systems work. Cool. So. I'm glad I gave them that idea. Way. Oh, yeah, we, okay. Like, Let's hear it the other way. <laughs> <laughs> We're having great success with our hydronic heating, by the that way. It's been awesome. bang yeah. on, except for we have way too much water going to it. So we basically have a tiny, tiny, tiny orifice with water flowing through there. And sometimes oh, we get some temperature spikes. So uh-huh. we're still tuning it in. Sure. But we're pretty close to having a hands-free system. So and it's cool. amazing how it heats because um, all the heating's coming from around the side. So it's almost like it keeps... You know, with it's like it keeps everything centered. Um, mm-hmm. Even when our tennis balls, our tennis balls, when we throw them in the float tank in the morning, mm-hmm. sometimes they're sitting right in the middle of the float tank, all bunched up. So that just shows you how the heat transfer is sort of, mm. you know, evenly <laughs> radiating through the the water and then up mm-hmm. through the center. But so, Zach, what's what's the other option? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a secret right now. Um, you know, when we went to the show, uh, we featured our, our prototype on a stage, I'm sure, mm-hmm. as you guys saw. Yeah. Um, and at the time, we were using, you know, what Lance is um, doing right now, but we were, we were going to use, like, glycol to hold the heat better, mm-hmm. um, to heat it that way. But then we just, like, there's got to be a better way. Um, and we did find a better way. And it's already used um, all over the world. It's replaceable, you and can't... it's almost fail-proof. You can't microwave people, Zach. Microwaves are not safe. <laughs> <laughs> so when do, when do we get to find out what it is? Um, soon. Okay. Soon. <laughs> cool. Um, but it was it was a custom made piece. Um, it's really awesome. 
Are you the first float tank manufacturer to incorporate nuclear energy? <laughs> fission. Called fission. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, I actually that that's cool. I'm glad we're we're talking about uh, your current iteration for uh, California float concepts of. Honestly, I mean, yeah, you said it was on stage. I was blown away by your float tank. I thought it was so cool and. Um, I almost want to hand this over to Lance for a second to talk about some of the cool things he's excited about. And then I want you to go more in depth on some of these concepts. Um, Lance, do you want to talk about some of these cool things? Well, yeah, I guess I can talk about, um, I like things that are sort of out of the box, different, Mm -hmm. new. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, I like the madmen, the tinkers, the guys who (laughs) uh, bring things to the next level. And, uh, when I was at the conference, I got to take a look at, um, Zach's float cabin room. What do you call it? Uh, float suite. Float uh, suite. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. See exactly what I was talking Trademark about. Trademark that. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a coup- couple cool designs that I really liked about it. And one of the big things was the infinity pool sort of design where mm-hmm. um, when you're adding water, um, your water basically flows over the top of your, your pool, I'm going to call it. And into a catch where you're basically getting all that stuff that floats on the surface, all those oils and stuff is guaranteed to be filtered. Exactly. That's really cool. Um, he has auto-dosing systems um, with all his chemicals where they can be sort of um, automatically dosed into the tank. And a really cool thing is a salt auger and distribution system using sort of a worm gear. Um, really cool stuff. These are stuff that I haven't seen in any other manufacturers mm-hmm. that I really, uh, really became a fan of. Mm-hmm. So, props to you, Zach. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Do you want me to blow you away right now? Yeah. 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 We made it. that prototype in six weeks. Ah. Nice. <laughs> For serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from, uh, you know, from CAD to fiberglass, it was done in six weeks. So you're telling their listeners there's going to be zero delay when they order. It's six weeks till they get their, <laughs> we're, we're on track. their floats here. We're on track. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, I follow you on, well, pretty much all social medias, but you look like you have the ultimate playground. Right? Totally. Like yeah. you have 3D printers. You have CNC routers. I'm assuming mm. you have a paint booth. You have um, and plastic and you can do plastic injection molds. Like this is this. <laughs> wow. When you're me, making, let, it's like being in a candy store. For when you're making everything. Lance jealous on square foot. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got something. Let's, let's get Zach to break down his float suite for us. Um, how would you describe what you got? Um, I'll just kind of describe the, the main, uh, changes I made. I think, yeah. you know, everyone uses the standard pool pump, the filter, all that good stuff. Um, but when the pump goes out, you're down, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody knows. Um, it went down for me. You're waiting on UPS to get your, your other pump, yada, yada. So, and the new one, we have, um, it's called a redundant system, we kind of call it. It's two pumps, two filters, two UV lights, two of everything. So if one pump yeah. goes down, you're still in business. And then the other cool thing, it's kind of hard to tell you guys over the phone, um, but you guys saw it. It's all within a reservoir. So as Lance was talking about, you know, uh, the infinity, um, whatever you want to call it, but it falls right into the reservoir, and then uh, that's it. So if you want to change a part, all the water falls into the reservoir. There's no more salt spilling everywhere, um, Mm. like all the other tanks, you know, even mine at at the shop. Um, So that was a huge benefit for me, um, just changing that up, Mm -hmm. in a sense. 
And then, so if you have two pumps, you have double the, double the filtration power. Mm -hmm. And then you're getting all the skimming, which was an issue in my tank with mm. the hair and oils. Um, I'm sure with a couple of people in our industry. Wait. <laughs> yeah, like let's talk about that for a second. I mean, there, there are a few different ways that it's done. I mean, the, probably the most traditional is just you have an inlet and an outlet. And yep. even, even with that, because of the cycle and depending on the, the speed at which your pump is working, and by the way, more isn't necessarily better, it can create a vortex where things are just trapped in the middle. And so um, you come in the next morning and your pump's been filtering all night or on and off all night, and, and you still come in and uh, there's a bundle of hair there or oil on, on your water. Um, similarly, or I guess not similarly, actually, but differently would be the, the ones that completely drain. Then the, the concern is that then there are all the oils from the top of the water just sitting on um, the bottom of your float tank. And then when you refill it, hey, it's just, just building up over and over. So then you have to get in there and clean between every single float, which, which I believe is generally the, uh, the, the operating of, of uh, the people who work at the float centers. That's what they do. Um, yeah. But what a not to say a waste of time. I and mean, of course, cleaning is an important part, but you want to be as efficient as possible during these transitions. So very interesting to think that um, the surface of the water is bleeding out over to the edges and gets into the filtration system. And, and I assume there you said you mentioned the pumps. I mean, there has to be during fil uh, during transitions running a running pump that's pushing all of the water through the filtration system. Is that correct? Cool. Um, so tell me how it remains quiet because I, for the life of me, I can't get around this concept. If I get into the float tank, I'm nice, nice and still. And then, you know, maybe my body shudders as, as, as tends to happen later in the float. There's some twitching going on. I feel like it's going to splash over the edges. How come that doesn't happen? Yeah, it's just our design. Um, I'll call it our, our waterfall uh, prevents it from doing that. And as, as you saw at the show, you know, where the water comes out, there's actually a dam right there. So when somebody's in a float session, it closes off. Hmm. So then okay. when you trigger it again, it opens back up. Bam. So, and then even if water did spill over, we have our waterfall at such a steep rate that mm -hmm. you can't even, you wouldn't even hear it nice. uh, fall into the reservoir. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's cool. Nice. Nice. Um, so first of all, I think you could launch a float tank with just that innovation right there. I think that's really incredible to just be honest and frank about it. But Thank um, you. sure, uh, you something else uh, Lance mentioned was the Epsom salt corkscrew. So yep. you just add a fifty-pound bag and walk away. And how do you make sure your uh, float water stays balanced with Epsom salt? It um, it holds three bags. Okay. And <laughs> so I'm, we're hoping for like maybe a couple of weeks that you don't have to worry about it. Um, and it actually takes um, the salinity of the salt for you. So it knows like what the salinity is of the salt. May I ask how it knows that? <laughs> we, we built a sensor for it. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'll take that answer. All right. <laughs> so computers work. You have an input and you have an output. Yep. Got it. So the input, the input is the sensor. The output, it turns the auger <laughs> to add salt. That's it. Now it makes. And sense. obviously, that only comes on when the filters what was are on. That only comes on when the filters are on. Sure, 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 sure. So, um, God, that's convenient. Uh, <laughs> so and it, it's an option. Of, okay. You know, okay. If, if somebody doesn't want that, they don't have to pay for that. Cool. Nice. So uh, the other thing that I saw recently was you hooked up your Amazon Echo 
to a Raspberry Pi um, into your float tank. Can can you tell me about how that works? <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're tinkers. Um, uh -huh. You know, and my partner Chris, uh, we just like to tinker. So we bought a Pi and we bought an LCD screen, and we're just messing around with it. So we like I saw some people doing Alexa on it. Well, why can't we oh, do Alexa, that for our right. float tank? Mm -hmm. You know. Well, sure enough, we did it. You know, <laughs> so huh. we had Alexa working on the Pi. I don't, I don't think it'll necessarily be Alexa in um, the Orion, um, just for commercial reasons. Um, okay. But it will be voice activated. Wow. Okay. So when somebody's floating in the water, turn on the light. The light comes on. Cool. You want to turn down the music? Turn down the music. You want to turn off the music? You just say it. Um, I don't think. Um, I mean, buttons work, but they, there's a lot of issues with them. They get stuck. They break. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think a voice, I mean, maybe we might have down the line, maybe a button or a proximity sensor where you just wave your hand in front of it on the wall. Mm -hmm. So you have either that or the voice for, you know, people that are not used to talking to a tank, you know, right. Right. Um, yeah. Could have so a, a couple options. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, may I ask, I don't know if you want to talk about this on the show or not, but may I ask about price points, about what, what these float tanks are looking like? Yeah, we're 30K. Wow. And that doesn't include um, the salt auger or an inline. If you want an inline, it's an add-on. The salt auger is an add-on. Um, we'll come out with uh, the, we're calling it the galaxy ceiling. So it's the stars oh, in the nice. ceiling. Uh -huh. That will be an add-on. Yep. Um, and then the cool thing about our design is it's all modular. So we have two big pieces, the ceiling and then the bottom portion. But the bottom portion's all one piece, so that's kind of the, the toughest to get into your location. But then all the walls are just modular. They set them up, and it all comes together. But the cool thing is, like, once we come up with another great idea, you just have to replace a wall. So say <laughs> you want to put a TV in one, you just buy the wall nice. and put it into your existing float tank. Nice. Cool. So that's all I'll watch next Super Bowl. Got it. <laughs> I am still curious about your process, though. I, I got to say, just because all these all these different iterations of different things that we already know about how a float tank is supposed to work, how does it work with your team? How does the communication go on? Um, and, and I ask this not just as like because I'm interested in float tanks. I'm interested as a business person who works in teams to to do business better. You know what I mean? You've got hustle to you and I respect that a lot. And I'm just, I want to <laughs> get what I get, what I can get from you while you're on the show here. <laughs> I just, um, I just thrive in doing something new. Hmm. Um, and the crew that we have, they're just, we're on the same, same wavelength. You know, we come up with ideas and the cool things we get to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm over there. I constantly, every day, just checking in on things, making sure it's going smoothly, coming up with new ideas. Um, and just watching the progress and all come together. Are they contributing ideas as well, or is that you alone? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the, since I'm in the business, like, right. I know what we need. I'm like, hey, guys, I need this. Okay, well, here's a perfect example that I haven't brought up yet. Um, in our industry, like, everyone's worried about vibrations, obviously. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people use mats or whatever they use to kind of um, quell the, the vibrations. Mm -hmm. And I, I brought it up to the team and they're like, hey, this one time I was fixing this attic because it was or the, this uh, air conditioner in the attic because it was so loud. It was just vibrating the house. So we just put airbags under it and it stopped it. Why don't we just put airbags on the float tank? <laughs> well, yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> so uh, down the line, we're going to have airbags <laughs> on the float tank. 
Nice. So, so my wife tells me an idea like that, and about a thousand red flags shoot out, <laughs> and then, and then we have a fight, uh, and then about a week later, then we talk about how it'll actually, or she convinces me how it's actually going to work. But how do you get from the concept of balloons supporting a float tank to you actually being convinced that balloons under a float tank are going to, airbags under a float tank are going to be a long term solution? Are you open right away as soon as you hear the idea and high five in your buddies, or are there a lot yeah. of questions going on? <laughs> oh no, it was a it was a done deal for me. That's crazy. Um, yeah, we <laughs> we actually um, we bought all the airbag stuff, and it's not your typical car airbag. It's mm-hmm. literally like a five by five block. It's pretty small, and it only has to come up you know a sixteenth of an inch. Oh, interesting. Off mm-hmm. the ground, so we'll have them all throughout the, the base of the float tank. Um, yeah, and just pop it up, and then that's it. And it was just a no-brainer to me. I mean, I just, I guess I think different, but uh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> the, the, the idea, I mean, when I think about soundproofing, how terribly sound tran- transfers through air versus solid objects. Um, you're right, a no-brainer. Once I could wrap my head around this, <laughs> yeah, it is a no-brainer, right? Like, to have yeah. an air pocket. You think, Dylan, all the, the semis, all the tractor trailers driving down the road, uh-huh. yeah. they're all floating on airbags. Is that right? So, Yeah. So that's, that's how they work. They're air systems. So. There that's you something go. I've, I, I'm totally with Zach on this because that's <laughs> from, my, from my mechanical background. That's, you know, airbags on a truck, airbags on a cab, lift a float tank, lose vibrations. Yeah. Um, yeah, hey, we're, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just another application for them, you know. Right, right. Next, next step is to use uh, electromagnetic plates. So you actually hover your float tank completely yeah. off the ground. So you have a floating float tank. Exactly. <laughs> I don't see why not. Give me a week, Lance. <laughs> are, you, are you hiring down there in California? <laughs> Six weeks. I don't know if I'm allowed in here. I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed in anyways. Oh, <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> D- depends on when this episode airs. We'll we'll see. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, um, is there anything else about your float tank that you feel is super cool that we should talk about? Innovative? Um, well, all of it. But yeah, yeah. I want to touch on um, just the the wall portion. I think as we go forward, I think more of the sound reduction should be in the float tank hmm. instead of making your float center a fortress. It would be nice. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's what we're uh, geared towards. Like inside of our walls, um, we do spray foam insulation. Mm-hmm. But on the inside, there's an air gap. So kind of like how we do a two-by-six staggered stud walls, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing inside our float tanks. So we're nice. making an air gap in between it all. So nice. sound hits it. It dies more efficiently, I guess, instead yeah. of having a one solid, yep. uh, say, all spray foam in there. Mm-hmm. But then, for whatever reason, if it got inside the tank, um, our walls on the inside have, like, um, a dimension to it. So, like, if sound gets in there, it bounces around, it dies super quick. Hmm. So even in, when you're in there floating around and you're splashing around, it's not as echoey. Oh, interesting. Mm. Huh. It's just one another small little touch, you know. <laughs> That's just all in the, it's just all in the design. So if you think about it, it's easy to make in the fiberglass. It's all in the CAD. That's interesting. Right. So what issues do you think still need to be solved in float tanks? What things do you see down the road um, that that we need to, as an industry or as a manufacturer, need to address? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about in the 
I don't know about in the future, future, but I think, you know, Jim um, brought up the CO2 issue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim um, at the conference. Um, so we will have a CO2 sensor in our tank nice. um, that will kick on a fan, um, you know, our dehumidifier. Oh. Um, I think that needs to be touched on as the air quality. Okay. Um, other than that, I'm just trying to gear the tank more towards to appeal to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, I think maybe later down the road, if somebody wanted to watch TV, you should be able to watch TV <laughs> or watch um, watch anything. Like, the technology is getting so crazy where the whole top of the ceiling can be all LCDs mm-hmm. or LEDs, and we can have the whole northern lights going. And you can watch the, the northern lights show wow. while you float. Um, it's just appealing to everyone is, I think, my focus or my, you know, my thoughts. Right, yeah. But yeah. And then at the same time, you can just have nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're buying this super expensive machine, it should be able to do more than nothing. <laughs> well, that's an interesting concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really interesting take. I mean, I, I come from the purist point of view. And, I mean, even having the starlights in the ceiling is something I'm apprehensive about. And I've seen what kind of a positive impact it can have on our customers since we've had that in our tranquility tank. And so... Um, Interesting to just kind of free yourself from the constraints of what floating traditionally is and see what, what could it be is a perhaps a way more interesting and um, just gives you a lot more interesting options as well, just a lot more options in general if you're, if you're thinking outside of that <laughs> box. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see that too. There's, there's people out there who are purists and say, nope, floating, you have to have nothing. No music, no lights. Mm-hmm. Nothing, yeah. and they're they're solid with their stance. I am. Um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> certainly I believe. Um, you know, if we have customers that want to pay us money to float in our float tank while they listen to an audio book, they're more than welcome to do right. that. I would yep. love to have all the capabilities, mm-hmm. and y- you can do whatever you want because. It's your experience, not mine. Why am I one to tell you this is what you have to do? But if you also want to go for the pure sensory, quote-unquote, deprivation aspect of things, it's also built to do that. Um, that's I, I see the future of floating just like that. I'm with you, Lance. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Don't have to tell Zach that. With that being said, when the Patriots are in the float tank and, you know, if they're recovering from whether it's a, con- a concussion or just a hard workout, I think there is something to be said. I, I don't need to be telling you guys this. I'm not, I'm, I'm preaching to the No, no, here. keep going. Keep going. I want to, <laughs> I want to rebuttal this. Come on. Tell no, me, tell no me what the Patriots are covering. Argument. <laughs> just to, to the lack of stimulation. I mean, like true rest, R-E-S-T, mm-hmm. uh, R-E-S-T, uh, like that, that lack of stimulation, everything brings you into that deep parasympathetic state. And there's a lot of benefit to that where you're not watching, you know, the Godfather at the same time. Like th- there's, yeah, but there's also, there's also a ton of benefit to sitting in a thousand pounds of Epsom salt, escaping gravity for a bit. Maybe yes. someone with more physical pains, that's what they're looking yeah, to achieve. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're, yes. you know, so yeah, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. For some reason, <laughs> I felt it. like I still needed to vocalize for the person who wants just absolutely nothing. And, and the fact that there could be exceptional benefit to nothing as well. But there's no need. We're all on the same team here. Zach, what were you going to say? <laughs> and here's this, yeah. So we float um, at Flow Theory. We throw, float quite a few uh, UFC fighters. Nice. Um, and they like to watch their fight tapes. So if they can watch their fight right. tapes in the float tank, yes. 
and relax, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's just beneficial for everyone. You know, I brought this up on the show once before, but we have a, an old Floatarium float tank, and they have it has this huge uh, window <laughs> at the top where you'd, you'd put this old CRT TV on top of your float tank. And one time we had a floater come in. It was like, oh, wow, I floated in this. Gosh, it must have been over 30 years ago. And uh, I was like, uh, you know, obviously that was really cool. Ask follow-up questions. He was a, a, an Olympic, uh, I don't know if it was Olympic or professional skier, and he would watch a, on a loop uh, him going down the mountain over and over. And he said it was super beneficial to not have any distractions and just get the rhythm of him going down the mountain uh, over and over. So, yeah, absolutely, right? Did, did you tell him it'd be better if he turned the TV off because he'd fall into more of a parasympathetic? Yeah, I was like, dude. Well, you know, funny thing is his knees were shot. And, uh, yeah, just not watching the TV. <laughs> help, help that recovery. No. Um, oh, boy. Now we're off topic. <laughs> more, more options is definitely a good thing. And being versatile, right? Like if we peg ourselves into one hole, are the industry changes. If people, if the community, the, the world changes in what they expect out of a float tank and we're not delivering it, then we're out of business. It's just that easy. It's just that simple. Um, so yep. being versatile is, of course, going to be an important thing. And, and having innovation as a number one priority is going to be important rather than convincing somebody this is the thing that you need to be doing. So while we're on the topic of extras and float tanks, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of sound. I, I love good quality sound. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had different artists want to listen to their music while they float to, or listen to others' music. Um, are you doing anything sort of unconventional or new with um, audio in the float tank? Uh, we are, but we're still testing. Um, gotcha. We haven't really dived in um, hardcore on that yet, uh, but it's coming really soon. I'll definitely hit you up um, <laughs> cool. for any ideas or anything like that, yeah. Because right now at Float, we just use transducers like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but I think there's other options that we can take a look at, too. As you can tell, we're, we're pretty giddy about, uh, <laughs> about Zach's float tanks here. We, we, <laughs> I think we just... Um, a lot of the innovations that are coming out that we saw... For, for me, it was at the Float Conference. I got to check it out. And uh, uh, Brian, who's behind the scenes here at, at the art of the float he was he was with me and he was floored too and he's an avid floater he's floated in all of the float tanks at the float shop and uh he he couldn't wrap his head around like that float tanks could be so next level right now you know it like seemed like this is way down the line of where a float tank should be so um part of me is like almost like embarrassed for being so giddy <laughs> to have you on talking about these things. But the other part of me is like, you know what, this is just genuine and this is our excitement and uh, we, we wanted to have you on to, to share these things. And so I greatly appreciate yes. it. <laughs> totally. Uh, let's see here. Any, any I advice haven't. as an entrepreneur to all the other float entrepreneurs out here? Um, just dream big and go for it. And that's nice. it. Right. Um, Story of my life. <laughs> when so, you... <clears throat> oh, I, I just want to say, dream big and go for it. Uh, you started a float center. You're running a float center. Mm-hmm. Right now, my biggest thing is I don't have much extra sp- expenditure mm. capital <laughs> to invest in research and development <laughs> and time. I don't have any free time. Right, right. I want some advice on how you do it. How do you manage your time? How do you run a float center, run a, a clothing company? And right, uh, right. 
research and develop, manufacture um, state-of-the-art float tanks. How do you do it? <laughs> um, people, my partners, and my team. Hmm. Cool. Um, that's it. So at Float Therapy, we have three employees. Um, I don't step a foot in there. They run it all for me. So I don't have to worry about that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the T-shirt shop. That's where I'm mostly, um, just because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got the crew um, building stuff, and it's just all about the people. They just handle it all. Nice. I'm the wow. idea guy. That, that Everybody knows what they're good at, I guess, mm-hmm. is what yeah. it comes down to. They're good at manufacturing. I'm the idea guy. And it just all works. Nice. So how did you find these people to run your float center? I actually um, hit them up before um, I went down the other path, and they weren't quite ready because they do other projects too. Um, mm-hmm. They build high-end Pilates machines, and they sell to Hollywood, like the Hollywood people, and they do very, very, very well. Okay. Um, so at the time, they just weren't ready to kind of take mm. on another big project like this. <laughs> um, but then, you know, a couple of years later, they're like, okay, let's take a peek, and um, that's just kind of how it happened. I got lucky, I guess. Okay. Because they didn't, they didn't have to take on, you know, but they, they're just like me. They like to do something new, switch nice. it up. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, we're providing jobs for our community. Nice. It just, it all works out. Cool. I mean, we're a little old town, so if we can say we make the coolest float tank in the world, that would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we don't have much else, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. So let's take it back, further back, um, to starting your t-shirt company. Like, how did you get that off the ground and become an entrepreneur on your own? That's a, um, you want, if you want to go way back. Um, I do. So I'll, t- I'll take you back to uh, eighth grade graduation. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 34, just so everybody knows. Uh, so we're going way back. Um, <laughs> I knew I wanted to be a computer guy when you know, I was dreaming. So I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to build a computer. So my mom worked at the district office for the school. So they obviously have a, a tech department that handles all the schools and all that. So I went and worked there for free during my summers. Huh. And then after high school, I got out at 3 o'clock. I worked 3 to 5 for free. And I did that um, all through high school. I never had a summer. Um, I just worked full-time for free. And then I, had, I worked on the weekends at uh, the lumber yard to make a little bit of money. But, and then after that, um, so I was, shoot, I got a job there at 18. I was all hired on full-time making great money, full benefits, um, with, I think, I was 19, 18, 18 and a half maybe, I bought my first house, um, <laughs> I said, cool, and then what a trope. it was maybe, a, what, what an age <laughs> old story, yeah, no, go and ahead, and then please. it was maybe, uh, a year later, I was like, okay, what's next, I got the great job, I got the house, what's next, marriage, <laughs> I'm out, so I sold everything, and then um, I moved to Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> uh, you know, I, <laughs> I was following the, I was connecting the dots, and then, uh, you know, I didn't see it going that way, but please continue. <laughs> yeah, so um, I moved to Anchorage, Alaska, and I went to college. Um, huh. I had the idea that I wanted to have the college experience. I didn't want to go around locally. I just wanted to do something a little bit different. My stepdad lived there for 10 years, and I just wanted to go experience it. Um, I got a job at Home Depot because they paid half of my tuition. Nice. I was a business major. Um, <laughs> and I just got an associate there in small business. But then one day going back uh, from lunch, I remember, I had the thought, King Clothing. It just had a nice ring to it. 
<laughs> I said, you know what, let me see if it's trademarked. It wasn't trademarked, so I trademarked it. And I said, I should just learn how to print a shirt. So I went and got a job as a, at a screen printing shop. You're kidding. I started out, started out the bottom cleaning screens and then uh, ran fully automatic presses. And then uh, I brought it back to my town. Started out of my parents' nice. two-car garage. Um, got a place, another shop, and then just kept upgrading. And now we're at 2,500 square feet facility. Wow. We've got fully automatics, embroidery machines, all that good stuff. You and Bill Gates, right out of the garage. Nice work. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> or, or wait, shoot. That wasn't Bill Gates, was it? That was uh, Apple. Anyway, um, what an incredible story. What an incredible motor. My God. That is something I have a lot of respect for is just people who have a motor. And, you know, whatever they put their mind to, that's just what they're going full bore. But no matter what, they're going full bore. And it sounds like that's you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Drives my wife nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's great. So what I find, I mean, of course, having a motor is absolutely awesome. And just like having your own personal drive is something I respect and absolute ton. But the other thing that comes to mind is as an employee, uh, back when I was working at, you know, a a real job, (laughs) quote unquote, but really just like an incredible life skill is to show your value first and not necessarily ask for money. And it sounds like that's something you were completely willing to do. Correct me if I'm wrong, by all means, but it sounds like you were just willing to learn and develop um, uh, value before necessarily like demanding the money for it you know is is that true can you elaborate on that yeah so the kind of you know i wanted to learn how to print a t-shirt i didn't know anything but this company needed somebody to clean screens at the bottom you know that's Mm -hmm. like washing dishes at the restaurant Mm -hmm, i was willing to put in the work just to i was thankful he was gave me a chance to learn this trade Mm -hmm. and he needed somebody to clean screens then you just work up from there and then as i progressed i mean my mind's like I can do this. You know, look at all this money this guy's making. Good for him. And right. that's just how my mind works. But, uh, yeah. So I kind of... I, I, I said something like that to my girlfriend's parents, and they're like, oh, you're such a millennial. <laughs> so I was like, why would I work for somebody else and I can do it myself? Yeah. yeah. Wait, I thought millennial was just you should be paid and stay at home. Wait, I'm confused. They thought you were a millennial for like... <laughs> I can, I'm going to start my own business and make my own money? What? Yeah, I guess that's a millennial thing. When it's <laughs> cool. like, oh, awesome I'm going to do it myself. Why would I work for someone else that I could do it myself? Hell yeah. Sign me <laughs> I up. Don't know. I'm a millennial. Sorry, Zach. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> now you're good. <laughs> Had to add the comedy. I love it. <laughs> nice. Do you know what your pounds per square foot is? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. With three bags of float uh, as just, yeah. salt. <laughs> well, just saying, because we are restricted in our building due to our pounds per square foot. Sure. Because, um, because we're on a, a second story of a mm-hmm. building. So we are limited Fair with enough. what we can use. And um, I think there's only one tank manufacturer I know that meets our recommendation or what we need. But oh, interesting. Um, always curious. So um, I'm sure one day you'll have those numbers when everything's all... Uh, ready to send out the door but absolutely yeah yeah that'll be important info for sure zach thank you so much for joining us tonight i really appreciate it uh we were just geeking out so hard on your float tank we just had to have you on the show here so (laughs) thanks well thanks for having me i appreciate it thanks for letting us pick your brain about your float tank and also just your entrepreneurial spirit i really appreciate it and um it's something obviously all of us kind of feed off of you know the, the community of entrepreneurs here so absolutely We appreciate it. 
I think that's it for us. Uh, everybody, thank you so much. We've got the roundtable coming up, which we talked about at the top of the show. So we'll see you guys at the roundtable. And uh, beyond that, remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. See you next week. You're listening to Art of the Float.